Howdy, welcome back to another bit of rambling from me. Um, I've got many and varied things that uh, occupy my attention and I guess in this particular podcast, I was thinking about it before that um, there's ramblings and then there's just droning on, so I'm going to see if I can find a couple of things and try and dig deep and find a couple of things that I'm a bit... Well, I'm passionate about everything, but a bit more passionate about, and um, see if I can cover a few things there. Uh, not so much for you to learn more about me, because I don't even know that anybody's listening, but more me to get it out. Maybe I can retrospectively go back and have a look and find out, uh, or jog my memory about the things that get me wound up and turned on and psyched and happy and all the rest. Anyway, uh, let's kick off and see what we can do. that uh, I'm passionate about things that inspire me and all the rest. Um, one of the things which I've got to do a lot of lately uh, has been, and this is going to sound really simple, but I'll try and expand on it, riding a bike. Um, I hear that expression, oh, it's as simple as riding a bike, or you never lose it, it's like riding a bike, or whatever it might be. Um, I think most people, when they say riding a bike, they're talking about a push bike. Um, I ride motorbikes too, and one does cross over to the other, but there's certain things that are very unique to cycling, certain things that are very unique to motorcycling, obviously, but I'll expand. So um, over the last couple of weeks, um, I've been doing quite a bit of road work. Um, one of the things I did was a charity bike ride where it was about three, well it was definitely three days and it was about 450 kilometres or a little bit more uh, with a lot of uh, what cyclists will call vertical gain, in other words there's a lot of climbing, Uh, so if you're riding from point A to point B um, you can do it on the flat you can do it riding down a hill, you can do it riding up a hill, but um, typically you'll get rolling hills where you'll ride up a little bit of a hill and then you might ride down a big hill then go on the flat for a bit you might ride up a huge hill and then it will have plateaus and steps if you like in it and it'll all change so a lot of people when they talk about um, vertical gain is from point A to point B physically overall how much uh, you go from be it sea level to your goal or where your starting point is to the finishing point how much you actually ride up hills um, things like that so this particular ride had a lot of vertical gain Um, it had got it at everything Um, it had very very hot conditions 42 degrees whatever that is 100 and geez 510 Fahrenheit something in that range Uh, howling winds dust storms um, then we had uh, temperature fluctuations, ranges where I know the second day we started at 30 odd degrees at the base of the climb and it just went up and up and up and it climbed for about 35, 30, 35 kilometres and by the time we got to the top it was only about 8 or 10 degrees and we could see snow up on the mountains or not even up on the mountains, we were nearly eye level with the mountains uh, and then a huge descent back down which meant 
um, and I was a little bit upset about this because there was a headwind coming down so I only hit 80, 85 kilometres an hour. I wasn't really trying to go flat out but um, I did find that uh, that descent on a perfect day probably would have been 100 plus k's an hour and I was a bit upset I didn't get near it. <laughs> I'm not competitive at all. Um, then the third day was just headwinds again uh, and a bit more climbing but not as much and um, yeah but in amongst all of that something came out um, that jogged my memory as to why I love to ride and I saw it again a few days after that once I'd sort of recovered from that ride and I got back on the bike and just did some normal riding um, that the sensations when I'm riding a bike where I can smell everything that's going on in the in nature around me. You can smell, in, which we smell a lot of at the moment, dust and bushfire smoke, but you can smell the paddocks if there was a, a fresh sprinkling of rain or when we were up in the mountains, you could actually pick the cleanliness of the air versus down on the flats where we were nearer cities and things like that. Um, you've got the noise of... Uh, a bird swooping by you and you can hear their wings flap open uh, as they change direction and uh, you get the smell of roadkill which that's probably not so crash hot you've got the vibrations of the the handlebars coming up through you and the the seat and the frame transferring uh, the different feel of the road surfaces and how your the frame of the bike that you're riding is dealing with it. I, I chose a particularly beautiful, smooth riding, very light, uh, very rare Cannondale road bike that I've had for a little while now that I absolutely love. It's not the fastest bike ever made. It's probably not as glitz and glamour as some of the current uh, blinged up bikes are, but it is just made wonderfully. Um, and I found that I enjoyed carving through turns and picking my lines from the outside edge of a, a corner setting it up hitting the apex midway and accelerating out out of the saddle on the drops and just bombing down hills and um, when I was climbing finding a rhythm and trying to match my pedal cadence a little bit with my breathing and where my heart rate was and moving my hands around the bars and um, feeling the the sun beat down on my my back and then if I changed direction where it would hit me a different way and if there was a tailwind or a headwind a whole lot of cycling talk and you probably or maybe don't care about it but if you can envisage something that you do that makes you soak up every little nuance and gives you a thrill or some feedback or whatever it might be at every moment and it got me thinking I wonder how many uh, people have something in their lives that that does that, whether it's um, pick anything, God, whether it's a sport or a pastime. Um, I still don't quite understand people that sit at poker machines and just stare at them and it's the thrill of the chase or the flashing colours or I don't know, but there's that. Um, crochet, the, the click of the crocheting hooks and the way that the movement and pulling certain fabrics through how that must feel I'm only guessing on that one I, I see it done quite a lot uh, I've never done it myself but I'm guessing a bit on that one um, and yeah so I 
was smiling to myself at 80 kilometers an hour wearing basically nothing but the thinnest strip of lycra and the only thing between me and hitting the deck was a, a tiny piece of rubber at each end of the bike that had the contact patch the width of your index finger touching the ground not even um, and skimming along and I was smiling to myself thinking I'm one of the lucky ones that how many people have something in their life that they can turn to regularly or religiously or whatever that makes them feel like this um, I've had the same thing with motorbikes that um, if, you're, if you're on a dirt bike and this applies to mountain bikes too where you just hit that perfect patch of track that might spring you out of a corner or uh, pop you over a log or a set of doubles or something where you can catch some air and get a little relaxed on the bike maybe throw in a little bit of style I don't know that I've got style anybody that knows me probably doesn't think I've got style I don't know um, catching air on a motorbike a dirt bike or a mountain bike is is one of life's greatest pleasures I don't know if it's the the danger factor or if it's the the freedom factor or the fact that for that few seconds or whatever it might be that you're flying um, literally um, or the consequences of if you get it wrong the thrill of that um, which I've done on occasion and it hurts but you learn and we move on and we become better but um, yeah I know road motorcycles um, allegedly you can ride them above the posted public speed limit um, but I tend to get my very serious speed thrills at a track if I can uh, I do the same in cars that there's smart places to go fast and there's not smart places to go fast I'm not a big one for drag racing on the streets or um, going super fast on the highway uh, I won't say I'm a complete angel that I've never done it because I have uh, when I was young and stupid now I'm just stupid <laughs> but uh, maybe I've learned from it a little bit because I've definitely backed off and I will only tend to uh, go faster than what is socially acceptable traditionally at tracks but um, a road motorcycle on a track where you're linking corners together and you might be uh, having the bike move around under you under power or under braking um, and leaning right off the thing and skipping your knee along as a third contact point to give you you know a little bit more balance or to get your ballast down lower so you can corner faster and um, just rolling on the throttle out of a corner um, something where and I haven't ridden too many of the most modern motorbikes where they have traction control and wheelie control and all the rest where uh, allegedly and I've not tried this yet uh, you can get on some of these hyper bikes that are close on or over 200 horsepower and at full lean crack the throttle wide open and it won't high side you to oblivion it'll just stand you up and shoot you towards the the next corner apparently uh, there must be some uh, room for error on that one because if, if it was that easy everybody would be doing it and instead some people are crashing them but um, I tend to think most modern motorcycles can probably make it around every corner on every track in the world without their rider if the rider even just closed their eyes and went for blind faith so yeah and these are just one of the things that 
just gives me an absolute rush and if I could find a way to ride bikes every day and get rid of the outside world because I tend to find a bit of zen in in this it's a it's a very cathartic feeling for me and very um, soothing uh, to get into whatever the zone may be whether it's going absolutely flat out or it's just traipsing along and enjoying what's going on around you um, God, if I could get paid for it, or if I could, so I could cover my my backside in this world, then I would because uh, it's it's one of my greatest pleasures. And I think um, if I'd ever lost the ability to to ride, I would truly be lost in the wilderness. Uh, without or a ship without a, a rudder I, I wouldn't know what to do so if you've got one of these passions that um, you can turn to and it just puts a, a smile on your dial then embrace it and know that you're one of the lucky ones Another thing I find I'm passionate about is traveling and some of the places I've been and are going to. Um, I don't do it anywhere near as often as I would like, mainly because of budget and a little bit because of responsibilities and all the rest of the real world. But um, I find, uh, as a, a good example, I have a, a love affair with South Africa uh, that came on a while ago but um, has taken a bit of time to nurture and sound out but um, it all came about originally through a friend a number of friends of mine actually that uh, would go to South Africa for a big actually the world's biggest uh, multi-day staged mountain bike race uh, a race called the Cape Epic um, which is just a brutal brutal creature and they, uh, I got, I would watch coverage of this thing and they would come back and tell me various bits about it and I just got enamored with the idea. So uh, last year I bit the bullet and um, bought a plane ticket and signed on to be a volunteer at the race so I could get in and get around it and get a feel for it. And sure enough, um, the landscape, the people, the, just the event, the, got everything about it just grabbed me and sucked me in and um, it's a it's a little bit of a bittersweet uh, love affair for want of a better way of putting it in that um, it's a it's a beautiful country with things to offer that I've never seen anywhere else that has problems with um, certainly the political side of things and how they've fleeced the, the beautiful parts of the country um, but I tend to overlook the negatives and some people will often cite uh, certain places like Johannesburg for its violence and things like that and I've been to Joburg and I find that if you can get past the, the fear of certain things that are well if you're smart you sidestep anyway there are uh, absolutely beautiful and wonderful things there but Cape Town, another place where people say you don't go out at night, and I know I was out there at night um, enjoying it and loving it, and um, yeah, it's 
other places I've travelled to, uh, I've, I've done America quite a lot lately, uh, certain places, San Francisco just pulls me in with its warmth and its uniqueness and its friendliness and um, it's it has a feel to it that is unlike anywhere else. Um, and then uh, England, which I'm part English and certain places there where I just feel at home through the mannerisms of people and the, the countryside and the architecture, which can be many thousands of years old and so on and so forth. And I just get excited where I jump on a plane and I look around and um, I wonder where other people are going and what they're going to experience and what they're off to see and stuff like that. And it just gets me excited every time that um, you get to experience new sounds and smells and you meet new people and you experience new food and cultures and religions and um, the climates and everything in between. It's just absolutely amazing. And I'd like to think there are people in the world that are passionate about that sort of stuff too. I think traveling is um, something that a lot of people agree on. It's something wonderful. Another thing to be passionate about for me and maybe a, a select tiny percentage of people around the world that understand it, I'm not even sure if I understand it, is Muay Thai. So Muay Thai, uh, the art of eight limbs, um, or eight weapons, um, so elbows, hands, knees, and kicks. Um, so it's Thai, Thai boxing, if you like, so it's boxing with elbows, and knees, and kicks. Um, sounds simple, but it's not. Um, thousands of years old, reportedly. Um, it's it's a very brutal sport. Um, I guess I've been around it for quite a while, and I've sort of looked into it for quite a while. Uh, invented in Thailand, um, and it's it's brutal, to be honest. Uh, it's if you have watched a Thai fight, um, it's yeah, it's no joke. People get cut up, people get knocked out, uh, people break bones and ribs and all everything in between. Um, and it's yeah, it's a it's a violent sport. However, um, it has roots in respect and. A, a lifestyle that's committed to it and there's I guess a bit of sad history to it that it's uh, first currently um, families will have one of their their children or one or more um, train Muay Thai to earn money because it's a it's a betting sport the ties are uh, I heard a rumor that they can't bet on anything except for Muay Thai I don't know if that's correct someone might want to straighten me up on that I should google it shouldn't I but um families will have their, their young children from sort of four five six um go to not be sold off as such but go to a Muay Thai camp who will make train these these young kids up uh give them 
a bed and food, very basic bed, very basic food, and they'll start training from a very young age. And uh, whenever they win a fight, the gym takes a percentage of their winning and the, uh, the rest goes to the fighter. Uh, in this case, the kids, quite often, all they do is send the money home to their, their family so their family can live better. And if you're a successful Thai fighter uh, in Thailand, you can certainly make enough money to make your, your family's life a lot easier. Uh, and if you're a top level, top tier fighter, you can over there be quite the sportsman and uh, retire young. It's definitely a, a young person's game. Um, a lot of a lot of the ties are done and dusted and finished by 25. But if they're successful, um, 25, 30, if they they've gone well, uh, they can retire uh, with I won't say nothing left to do, and they're not most of them aren't millionaires or anything but uh they can live fairly well if they've been successful obviously there's a, a bunch of crumpled bodies of ones that haven't been as per any endeavor um but uh i sort of got around the sport many many years ago with a friend's young son who'd taken up and i became a fan of his and what he did and followed him and learnt more about it and went to the fights and met the fighters and met the trainers and next thing you knew I uh, was in a, a basic class and get my ass kicked um, whilst I was physically fit, very fit. Um, I got taken to task, it's a whole nother thing. Um, didn't get beat up once again, there's the respect thing, uh, but physically just got railed, but fell in love with it and I'm only... When I, when I first ran into the sport, I was uh, middle-aged, I guess, or early middle-aged, and um, I really uh, I was past any potential of being good at it, uh, properly good at it, but absolutely enjoyed it, stuck with it, and um, got reasonably good for an old guy, if you like. Um, but the reason I think the flow, if you see uh, not even a good fight, just a good, just a, a solid fight, if there's a good flow to it, if there's respect, if there's, there is an art to it, it's a martial art. Um, art being the, the operative word there that you can see, you can't, can't really see it all unfolding, um, but you can appreciate uh, the movement and the fluidity and the controlled violence and the explosiveness and uh, the sweat and the, yeah it's um, when you get into the ring uh, it's you and one other guy and you're both trying to everybody says oh you're trying to kill them they're trying to kill you it's not I guess it's a possible outcome I don't know that it has happened if ever, but very, very rarely if it does where someone might die in the ring. I know people have died in the ring, but it's such a rare occurrence. Um, but for all the violence and everything that goes on with it, it's, um, you're not trying to kill them, they're not trying to kill you, but you are trying to get the win. You are trying to uh, exercise your um, abilities over theirs. You're trying to um, stamp your authority on them and come out on top. Um, you want to prevail, they want to prevail, and only one's going to come out on top. So it's 
I guess, a gladiatorial thing to a degree. Um, but it's as ageless as, uh, well, humans, I guess, the, the struggle that you must come out on top a victor one way or another. Um, so rather than a game of chess, uh, which in its own is tactical and uh, cerebral, but uh, a high stakes uh, game of chess where there are dire consequences is basically my type for me. So um, it's something I love. It's very hard to explain if I talk to people and I say, this is the sport and the lifestyle that I've, I've grown to love and know. Um, when people see it, they just think it's, it's just too violent and blood flying and elbows and cuts and crazy knees and all the flying kicks and everything. And it's, um, I guess it comes down to uh, much like some of the things or most of the things that I've picked up that uh, for those that know, no explanation is needed. And for those that don't know, no explanation is possible. Um, most of the things that I'm passionate about fall into that category. I think if I said, I'm trying to think of a mainstream thing that everybody is passionate about in one uh, in Australia, if I said, oh, I love rugby league, everybody else would go, yep, me too. And I'm passionate about it and glue. And, and it's, I can understand their, their following of it and their passion for it, fair enough. But it's, um, that one's probably a little easier to understand a game of football and why people like it. And um, for me, it doesn't hold the pull of some of the, the different physical sports that are out there um, and challenges. Um, I appreciate it, probably not as much as I should. I certainly don't look down on it um, badly. <laughs> Maybe I do, but try not to be an elitist fuck about it, but um, it just seems to be such an easy, you know, I love football, I love cricket, I love drinking, I love, you know, going to the bar, going to the pub after work. It's, yeah take it leave it and I'll leave it thanks but when there's things in this world that inspire you to wonder and to something that quickens your pulse and uh, makes your mouth go dry and opens your eyes and yeah, gives you sweaty palms and makes you want to get out and experience things and, and properly taste this life then why would you settle for the norm I guess that's what I'm getting at. I guess to be passionate about something is to put yourself outside of just feeling the normal things, um, to have a passion for it. So, uh, I'd love, I love talking to people that are passionate about whatever it is to hear them. Um, when you see it in their eyes or you, you hear it in their voice, um, and the way that they move, that it's something that's really grabbed them. If they're talking about, chess or football and they're, they're truly passionate about it. I love that side of things. So um, I guess I love people that are passionate. So here's another one. Um, I just uh, spent probably three hours on the mountain bike uh, doing a ride that uh, if I'd just gone from A to B, 
um, and put in some um, bigger pressure. It probably would have taken me about an hour and 50 minutes or something like that, but I thought I'd explore instead. So I was, I knew the basic direction I had to go. Uh, I've got a pretty good sense of direction when I'm in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by forest. And uh, I was just looking for, I'm actually looking for a new training route or two um, that gets me through this particular forest, uh, which is a rather large one, uh, to get me from home to work as a bit of a training route later on for with a little bit of uh, adaptability as to hills and creek crossings efforts if the water's right up and things like that. Um, anyway, I found myself just riding down tracks and saying, oh, where's this go? And that looks like general direction. Some of them I'd ride down and find a whole new course that was very cool. And I found um, and a couple of old, and not just old, proper old buildings, 140 years old little cottages out in the middle of nowhere that have been thankfully preserved and uh, sort of got, they've got uh, fencing and stuff around them. So tourists don't go and uh, wreck them or whatever but you'd have to even know they were there it's not really going to be tourists mainly hikers I'd imagine would be the people that would stumble across them I'm sure they're on maps somewhere stuff like that um, so yeah I found that sort of thing and then I'd I'd see a trail that looked like a, quite a good idea and I'd go diving down it and I need to find out uh, 500 meters or a couple of kilometers later and after a big downhill or uphill or something that they were a dead end or going the wrong direction or running into a fence or whatever it was so swing around it was just a bit of an adventure and um, not once did I feel like I was going to run out of water or energy or um, I was conscious where I was things like getting a snake bite uh, would really end badly because I was a long way from help um, crashing is I guess always a possibility but so rode conservatively but just absolutely enjoyed generally floating about um, and just taking in all new sounds and smells and sights and and um, just enjoying the ride for just being a ride so yes it took a lot longer and I really didn't care about that uh, I wasn't watching the clock too closely as it were um, but that was just something that made me feel has really picked up my spirits on this particular Saturday morning and um, it's because lately we've had all these enormous bushfires close by the, the air quality has just been terrible and you certainly don't want to stray too far from home in case the bushfires change direction and either come towards you or at least make life bad or you don't want to get caught obviously in a forest in a bushfire things like that um, but uh, they're abating to a degree and, and fairly under control and the, the smoke haze for the moment has lifted so it was just a damn good morning so I hope wherever you are and whatever you're doing um, you can find something that lifts your spirits accordingly but heaps and heaps of fun just going out and, uh, just enjoying the ride
I guess uh, for this podcast, the, the uh, underlying theme has been being passionate about things. Um, it's I still think it's something that's lost in everyday life for most people, but um, I hope under the surface of it all, people can reach into a little bag of magic and pull out some passion and go out and get amongst whatever they're doing. So uh, the weekend is upon me. I'm going to go out and set a few things up for uh, things that will happen next weekend um, and work towards more time on the bike and being happier and healthier and feeling better about myself and all the rest and possibly going a little bit faster in various ways, shapes and forms. So whatever you're doing, go out there, get amongst it, onwards and upwards.